Welcome to the Burden and Blessing Podcast, a study and discussion forum on the truth of God's Word. Our CPR series looks at certain topics that come up in life, and we attempt to discuss them in a way that relates to everyone. At times, we bring in the arguments of those opposed to the Word of God in order to practice contending for the faith that God gave His Church. It is our prayer that you will be equipped to give a defense for the truths of the Christian faith with humility and respect. You're listening to the Burden Blessing podcast and the continued series on questions that skeptics ask about the Word of God. I'm Pastor Mark Tiefel leading our discussion today and joining me to talk about this next topic will be Pastor Neil Radical. Neil, uh, how's your day going so far? Better than I deserve. How about yours? Uh, I guess I could say the same thing, <laughs> definitely. So our question today in our skeptic series, and again, we're looking at, you know, sorts of questions that come from, you know, people wondering about their faith, maybe people on the verge of doubting God or, or even directly doubting him, um, looking at those types of questions that people are going to ask that are going to come from a skeptical point of view. Today, our question is, why did God create us if he is self-sufficient? So this is an interesting question because I don't think it's it's not in the top 10 of, of skeptical questions that are asked, if, in, in my opinion, but I think it really does touch on a lot of the struggles we have to understand the nature of God. And when we, under, when, we, and when we struggle to understand that, there's going to be an effect on our faith, obviously, as well. So, Neil, when we look at this question, why did God create us if he is self-sufficient? Let's start with that last phrase first, self-sufficient. What does that mean? And explain for us the, the importance that takes on as we're talking about God. Well, let's start with the understanding, like you said, what that word self-sufficient means. And so what I want to do is approach this question in a logical way first, and then I want to show what God's word has to say about it, if that's okay with you. First of all, I would say, I would really answer this with, ask someone a question if they ask me this. I would ask you, Mark, are you a dad? Yes. Would you say you're an independent person right now? For the most yes. part? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so as an, as an independent person, before you had kids, why would you ever want to be a dad? Can you just answer that casually for me? And I think that'll help us begin to start to understand this question a little bit more in self-sufficiency. Well, yeah, I think there's a lot of answers to that, that question of why I wanted to be a dad. But I think probably the one of the one of the top ones that stands out is having a relationship with my children you know the ability to have children to have a relationship with them is a dimension of life that you can't get anywhere else yeah i would totally agree and you might say i think we've talked about this in a previous podcast too but did you know that your children were going to misbehave at times yeah before you even had them yep so that, that's another question we've talked about before. Why would you have children? Number one, if you're already independent and don't need them, so to speak, why would you have children if you knew that they were going to sin against you and rebel against you and make you feel awful and, and just maybe be brats at times? I think that helps us understand a little bit about God. But the tough part is when you talk about God's self-sufficiency, that's why I asked you that question is that I wouldn't say you needed to have children in that sense, you are independent all on your own. But as you said quite well, 
children are uh, an object of your love, uh, a special relationship. And when we talk about us all being children of God, we really see, well, maybe, because we don't know God's mind perfectly other than what he reveals to us through the word of God, maybe God wanted us to be the objects of his love. If we know from the word of God that God is love, then it makes sense that he wants to show that love. Just like a, a person wanting to become a parent wants to display their love to what they have conceived or created as well. So that would be one way of understanding God's self-sufficiency. It really, I think this question can be broken down to say, does God need to create us if he's self-sufficient? Well, the answer is no. But if God wants to display his wisdom and love and creativity and all these different characteristics of God in his creation, then that ultimately would help us understand that first part, which is you didn't really ask me that specifically, but I think they are really tied uh, very importantly together. If we understand God's self-sufficiency, he is not in need of anything from us. And I mentioned I was going to go to scripture there and we talk about giving our offerings to God. Well, all of it is his anyway. You know, we're reminded from the Old Testament verses where he talks about the, you know, what can we give back to him who is already given to us? You know, we have to, we have to, how can we give something back? It would be like uh, my kids giving me a gift, even though I give them an allowance, I'm giving them everything. If they give me something back, it's because they're trying to show their love to me in that way too. Maybe I'm going a little bit down rabbit hole there. I'm sorry. No, I think those are all excellent thoughts. And so with that self-sufficiency of God, we recognize he doesn't need anything. And that's kind of where the origin of the question begins is why would God do something that he doesn't need to do? And I think, I think behind this question too, is sort of the understanding of how difficult life is, whether from a human perspective or from God's perspective, looking down at the creation, the, from a, maybe a pragmatic standpoint, we would call it, it's like, why would God even do all this if he's frustrated with sin and he's going to judge the world and he had to send his own son and, and all those, what's, is it worth all the trouble? I think is the human viewpoint of it. And I think that's kind of where the question begins. Can I interrupt but, for that one second? I'm sorry. I, yeah, go ahead. I think you made a really excellent point there. I think it's important to, to go before the fall and the sin like you did, the pragmatic point of looking after the fall and the sin with all the problems that are a result of who brought sin into the world? We did. And so if you look at before the fall and the sin, we know from verses of the Bible, like I'm thinking of like Psalm 19, for example, the heavens declare the glory of God and the, the skies proclaim his handiwork. So the idea behind that is that why would we create anything? Why would we, why would we make anything? Well, it displays the gifts that we have. It displays our, our characteristics. It displays what we love, what inspires us. And if you think of that in the sense of God, Ultimately, creation itself, never mind mankind, is something that demonstrates and displays his creativity, his wisdom, and his characteristics. And even that in itself, uh, the, when I was looking at some Bible verses, Mark, there's, there's a couple of different thoughts we can get based on scripture. And ultimately, my point I was just making there along the lines of what you were saying is his creation gives him glory. And that's, that's a good enough reason why God would create us because it shows who, what kind of God he is. It shows the glory of our creator. So we're kind of talking here about want versus need. And we're, we're used to that kind of discussion 
in terms of applying it to us as humans. You know, we, we, we are told to be on guard against what we want because it may not be what we need and, and kind of conflating those two ideas. But here we're kind of talking about God. So we realize he's self-sufficient. He doesn't need to do any of this, but there was, there's clearly an indication that he wanted to do it. So as we seek to understand God's nature, are his wants and needs essentially the same thing? I mean, can we say here that God, because he chose to create the world, was not self-sufficient in totality without it? Because, I mean, he chose to act on it for a reason, right? So with God, are the needs and wants the same? Or do we still make a distinction between that like we do with humans? Probably it's helpful to think of that in the case of us being his servants, that, that God need us to serve him in that way. And I think that's the same thing is that if we're saying that he needed us for that way, is God complete? And I, I think the tough part with this question is we can't fully know the mind of God, but I think when we look to the word of God for answers and solutions, it just tells us specifically that, no, he, he did it because it was part of his purpose. It was part of his plan. And because like you said before, because he wanted to, and I, I think that's a good answer because he wanted to, you know, and that just like you said earlier on, why did you want to become a dad? Well, because, because you wanted to, you had that desire. It's not that you were missing something. It's that you wanted to show your love towards something. That doesn't mean that you didn't have, didn't have that object of love before. But again, if we talk about us being children of God, I think it's important for us to reflect on how, yes, if God created us, it's because he had a purpose for us. And I think that's helpful to think of in the, in the sake of us as servants or the gifts that we give back to him. They're all from him in the first place. So in that sense, we, I wouldn't say that God needed us, but he wanted to give us these gifts in that sense. So he didn't create us just so that we could do things for him. Yeah, that would be the sinful way of looking at it, right? That's, yeah. what we, that's sometimes what we do. We might do things for a spouse or a child because we want something in return. Um, I think, well, it, and it seems, it seems like a lot of Christians may view it that way, not necessarily from a sinful standpoint, but think that, well, what it means to be a Christian is that I do things for God. And that's why God created me. That's what God expects of me. But what you're really building out here is there's a lot more to it than just that. There's a relationship, like you said before, it's not just a, it's not just a service. It's not just a servant attitude. It's a, it's a relationship in that service, you know, so there's a, there's a heart that's behind it too. There's a desire versus this is my job. This is what I have to do. We talk about that a lot when it comes to sanctified life of a Christian. It's not that we have to in order to get into God's good graces or his love. It's because we, we want to. I think that fits with God too. It's not that he had to have us as children. It's not that he had to have us as servants. He wanted to. It was his heart's desire. And again, because he is a God of, he defines what love is. He personifies what love is. He is displaying that through his creation. Just like uh, you might think of like a famous painter or sculptor or a musician, they're displaying their joy and love in their work. And we know from Ephesians 2 that we are his handiwork. We are his masterpiece. We are his creation where he displays us in our works. And that's one important point I think we should talk about. We are made to be in the image of God, a reflection of his handiwork, a reflection of his holiness, a reflection of his love and enjoy in being that. 
in that sense. It's a pretty amazing purpose when you think about it. Well, and that's what the relationship is, right? It, it, we, we recognize what God does for us, but because of what he's done, we can also show him honor and glory and be a testament to him in that sense. When we, when we, when we cover, oh, go ahead. Do you have a thought? Well, I was just going to say that's similar. I mean, I think of my own children who are getting older now, and I like to try to remind them, you know, like, remember who you are. Remember, you're, you're not just my child, that your, your name, your reputation reflects on your mother and me and our family, but your name and your reputation reflects on your heavenly father's family as Christians, you know? And so that's, that's part of our purpose to show God the honor and glory with our day-to-day lives. Because, you know, like, like first John says, we love him because he first showed loved us. And I think that does reflect we're we're showing him that love because we want to being a part of his family. So part of the, part of the fact of God creating us is an opportunity there to better understand who he is and better show forth that in our lives in that relationship. It's a much more, maybe say a a fuller experience, certainly than, than what, what things would have been like without it. And that, that certainly is a reason why maybe not the only answer to the question though. So I want to ask you this, Neil, kind of a different thought here. I think with these questions that come from the skeptical mind, the skeptical point of view, it's always helpful when we're trying to answer them and even understand them for ourselves. It's helpful to get down to why the question is coming out. Why this question? Why, why, is it, why is somebody posing this? Where does it come from ultimately? Because it's usually about a lot more than just the details of the question itself. There's something deeper there almost always. So why do people ask this question? I think people ask this question because they also struggle with their own purpose. You know, sometimes you have people in the world today, whether they claim to be Christian or not, want to become like God. And so they're trying to understand everything they can about the Lord. And ultimately, the Lord doesn't say we're going to become a God, but we are to be God-like in the sense of displaying his image, like I mentioned before. So I think the tough part, why people ask questions like this is they just, they want to know more about God. If he's real, if he exists, then why would he do this? Is he bored? Is he, you know, what's wrong with him? What's the matter with him? And, and it really leads into that post-fall in the sin if God is real and if he's self-sufficient, it's going to create us, why would he create us to fall into sin like this? So I think these questions start innocent and they start to go into this despair questions, you know, like, then why this? If God's going to create us, if he's all sufficient, why would he even want us? And if he want us, why would he want us like this? And isn't that where the grace comes in? Why would God want me like this? A wretched man that I am, Paul says in Romans 7. So if... You know, if God's going to create something, why wouldn't he keep it perfect? Why would God want someone like me, who's a sinner, you know, to be a part of his family? And it really brings me right back to the gospel, too. But I think to answer your question, people struggle with those questions that start out innocent, and they take a really kind of negative and, and bad turn, because you start to almost accuse God. Well, why'd you let Adam and Eve fall into sin back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3? Or why would you let these bad things happen? So I think it's kind of one of those initial questions that can lead to much more challenging questions over, using your word earlier, the, the problems, the pragmatic effects of the fall into sin. Yeah, it seems like we're 
with with the thoughts of, of, about that side of it now, we're kind of getting onto the word create because that, that's an important word in this question. Why did God create? Because that implies that God designed it and meant it to be a certain way. And that's where some of the tension comes from. You know, the Christian premise is if God created us, then we are inextricably linked to God in some way. You know, we are his design. We are, we are his creation. There's all, we, we, and, and when you get to the question then of what is our meaning and purpose, we can't understand that apart from the designer. At least in a, in a, we can't fully understand that apart from the one who's created us. And because of God's holy nature and our sinful nature, there's always going to be a tension in that relationship. Just like you, you mentioned examples of like, you know, for a father and a parent or for a father and a child, you know, there's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be disobedience. There's going to be frustrations. There's going to be evil back and forth because of that, that that's the tension there. But now we transport it to our relationship with God, the holy God, sinful human. There's tension there because we're not the same. But at the same time, because he created us, we are absolutely linked to God and can't really find that meaning and purpose without him. And I think that gets to the word create in this question. And it's almost like you mentioned, you know, it's this question's more of a a lighter variety, if you will. And there gets to be more of a despairing mindset with some of the questions, but they're all sort of part of the same continuum. This might be one of the questions that comes up early on, right? And then it gets to bigger questions about the morality of God and the, you know, even the existence of what God has promised and things like that. But they're all kind of linked on that same line of thought with the individual. It's important to see that too. I you, I know you're kind of asking me the question here, but Maybe one thing you could do if you're talking, having a conversation with this friend or family members, um, I'm not endorsing them by any way, but I came across an interesting quote by C.S. Lewis uh, in Mere Christianity. Again, not necessarily endorsing everything that C.S. Lewis said any more than I would endorse anything that like Martin Luther said, but I want to see what your thoughts are on this. It's about four or five sentences, but it has to do with this very question. Lewis wrote, God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol gasoline and it would not run properly on anything else now god designed the human machine to run on himself he himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on there's no other that is why it is just no good asking god to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion god cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there I know it focuses on happiness and peace towards the end there, but look at that first part. Do you have any, do you have any thoughts as far as how that fits with this discussion? What are your thoughts? I, I think that's a perfect illustration that fits exactly with what we're talking about. I mean, you, you could argue that we're more than an engine, whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's an illustration. So, but exactly. I think, I think Lewis is right on, right on spot with what we're talking about here that we, we, we all want to find who we are to the, to the fullest sense that we can, we want to find meaning and purpose. And the, the premise there from Lewis is that we can't do that apart from God. And you, we can certainly all understand things about life and about ourselves, no matter what our religious beliefs are, but if we're going to understand the, the deeper meaning of why we're here, what our purpose is. And I think that's where he connects that to fulfillment and happiness at the end there. We often connect those things to meaning in life. Maybe, I, absolutely it must be th- be through god that we understand those things 
maybe purpose is parallel to goal in that sense. Because if we just mentioned Lewis's illustration, I'm glad you appreciated that too. Wasn't sure how you're gonna to react to that, but that idea of if we create an engine that specifically has a perfect purpose, you know, what is, what's its drive? What is its goal? What is its function? And like an engine, our sinful bodies wear out over time and we need the mechanic, we need the creator to rebuild us, to build us back up, to, to strengthen us, to provide the proper things that we would run smoothly and correctly. And ultimately I think when we look at God's purpose for us is that he's given us a goal. And that goes back to your first point is that his purpose is to dwell with us forever. And because of sin, we've separated ourselves from God, but that brings us back to Christ's purpose to reconcile us, to make peace between our sinful selves with our perfect God. You know, so ultimately God has created us for a purpose and that's ultimately to rejoice in the peace that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ and to look forward to that heavenly goal where we get to be with our creator forever in perfection once again. Yeah. Wonderful thoughts. That's, that's the whole, we could, we could say the same thing about any question we come from. That's the point that God tries to lead us to is that, uh, that understanding of the gospel about him and what he's done for us. And, that's a neat way to look at these skeptical questions is there different angles and different thoughts and different topics, but God is able to use all of them to bring us back to the foot of the cross. As you mentioned there. Can I share one thing, one more thing with you Yeah. So in kind of thinking about this, why would God create us? I ultimately think of, this is one thing I thought I'd draw it down earlier as I was thinking of this section is that remember how we mentioned creation Psalm 19 says it's the, it's his, creation is all itself is his handiwork it shows his amazing abilities and godliness and his power and glory and we want to glorify that as well but ultimately what we see from the word of god the the revealed word of god versus the natural knowledge god of creation is that we see this legacy of his love that you just talked about at the foot of the cross what he was willing to do for us and as far as i, I promised at the beginning or i mentioned at the beginning that i wanted to bring it back to scripture but one of the the best scripture that i found right now on this is from ephesians 1 and this i think states very clearly god's purpose in creating us even, you know, we know he's self-sufficient. So Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, and then please, Mark, uh, I want to hear your comments. And you can disagree if you don't think this is a good section or not. That's fine. Uh, Ephesians 1, 3 through 6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. The beloved, of course, there is Jesus, that which, which he accepts us through, that one mediator between God and man. But the two reasons that Ephesians 1 says here is that we have been created according to his good pleasure. He desired to make us to show us and be that object of his love and that would ultimately also give him glory and praise as our creator as well so ultimately my quick quick answer to this question tough question would be because it was according to his pleasure and according to his glory just like you being a dad the lord blessing you with children it's to your good pleasure as a as a even as a sinful parent like myself and also ultimately to your glory. As I mentioned, I pray that my children would 
would uh, not necessarily glorify my name in a selfish way, but represent in a good reputation way. I think that's an excellent portion of scripture. And I think you brought out the key points well that help answer this question. And I would add to it that sometimes in these questions, we have to look not only at what we're told, but also what we're not told. And I think in this, in this realm, we see indications throughout scripture, Ephesians 1 being a prime example of why God did it this way. But ultimately, it's not going to answer every question we have in this area. It's something we are going to have to find out when we get to heaven exactly. for sure. Right. It's in, in that wisdom. And that's part of the tension of humans having a relationship with God. We submit that wisdom to God, knowing he he has answers he hasn't revealed to us. And we're okay with that because we walk by faith, not by sight. So nice, a nice thought there to pair with what we do know from scripture and what we can say about this. There comes that point where we also have to admit this is, this is what we know right now. And we will know more when we get to heaven. And I think this question certainly fits in that realm. I agree. So we always, we always close our skeptics podcasts with our three summary points. So here, Neil, I'm going to give you the three summary points that I've got here. And you tell me what you think about these. Okay. Uh, number, number one, the first summary point with this question, why did God create us if he's self-sufficient? Number one, he wanted a relationship. And I think that speaks to, we, we talked about how it's not just God involved in this question, but we also see a bit of ourselves in it. We sometimes people ask this because of they're looking more at themselves than they are at God. And so that, that speaks also to a relationship. It's not just about God here. It's also about us. So there's a relationship that God wanted, just like a, a parent and a child. Number two, we can honor God through this. It can be a reflection of what he's done for us. And that, that in and of itself is one reason, but a very important reason to have the opportunity to honor and glorify God. We are given that because he created us, despite being self-sufficient. And number three, we will have to wait to heaven for a full answer. I think that's what I land on as number three of definitely search the scriptures. We'll find information about this. We mentioned Romans seven. Um, we mentioned Ephesians chapter one. There's many other references that speak about God's creative design. Obviously you talked about Psalm 19, search the scriptures, but ultimately I think the point we land on at number three is, you know, let's trust God with what we do know and wait to heaven to get a full answer on it. What do you think about those three points? Anything to add or, or detract from that? Yeah, I think I've, I really like those a lot. The only one, I really like the third point. That's, I agree. That's probably the most important point. Wait and see, you know, we got to be patient. Sometimes when we're growing up, our, our parents say, say to us, you'll understand when you get older. And that's true for us as believers too. We're going to understand when we get to heaven. <laughs> and ultimately that's a good thing to look forward to. The want of the relationship part, I, I agree with that concept, but it's one that I think we, we tried to hash out here a little bit that we have to be careful with because it's not that God needed to have a relationship with us, but as one, I think wanted is the right word because uh, it, it that would deny his self-sufficiency to say that he needed to have us created in that sense. But I think you explained that really well too. So that'd be my only caveat with that one potentially, but otherwise I totally agree. Absolutely. All right. Well, Thank you for guiding us through this study and sharing those insights to answer this question. And thank you to our listeners for continuing to tune in to our podcast. Feel free to 
give us comments and thoughts. The best way to reach out to us is probably through our Facebook page. You can get all of our episodes there and you can also comment freely and, and ask questions on our Facebook page. And please do share the podcast with others and help us build the audience that we can help through the word of God. So join us next week again as we continue in our different series on the Burden Blessing podcast and also the Skeptic series as we uh, take a look at our next question coming up. The Lord be with you all. We hope that you will join us next week for another episode of Burden and Blessing podcast. Our goal is always to bring you the whole counsel of God. Until next time, go in the strength of the Lord and preach the word.